This is Steeler Country, episode 168 for week 13, 2015, when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Indianapolis Colts 45-10, to recorded December 9th, 2015. was uh I don't know this was a great defensive yes. performance a lot of people are saying this is the best defensive performance we've had all year um I don't know I mean I don't know if it was the best but uh the hell of a bounce back from the Seattle game one thing they did a lot in this game is something that I always complain about hunt defensively and that's rushing three and I think it was Collinsworth that explained it basically by rushing three um that didn't allow Hasselbeck to get the ball away quickly right. because I guess there was too many guys dropping back. And um, and obviously, if he likes to get the ball away quickly, that's something that I complain about also is when we rush five or six and they get rid of the ball quickly, it's like those five or six guys are wasted yep. because they're, they're rushing into nothing. The ball's gone. So um, that was a very good defensive game plan, and it worked. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was you know, there was a give and take there as well, right? There, you remember the one play where... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Gore caught the touchdown. Was a play where we only rushed three, but you know they uh, had he gave him too much time and he had all day to throw and he found that guy for the touchdown. And there was a little give and take. It was a little frustrating to watch us only rush three at times. It seemed like he was completing passes that if you had even if you had like a late blitzer, it's just someone to give some pressure. Right. I mean, not that he had like a huge day. That's true. It doesn't work all the time, and uh, and when they do throw against three rushing, then I'm really frustrated. Yeah, when, you know, when they get success. Yes, yeah, and that's the thing. Hasselbeck didn't really find any consistent success. Although Joe, this was a you know early in the game. This was a this was a game. I mean, this was it ended up on a on the scoreboard. It's a blowout at the end, forty five to ten. But you know, six minutes to go in the second quarter, and we're down ten to six. <laughs> well. Uh, we have some choice moments on the special teams in this game. We, we did have a... There were so many bad ones through the year, I get them confused as to which game had all the, you know, which bad special teams play happened in which game. I know we had one outstanding special teams play, but that almost doesn't count because we kind of, you know, we had to pull a guy in that doesn't even play special teams to get, you know, just to get a, uh, just to get a, an average or, or come out of the come out of the basement in um, you know our special teams play. So yeah, the uh, the, the fumbles you know uh, and and this is what Tomlin talked about during his press conference today was those those early fumbles. We had two. I, mean, I think our first two drives were in fumble fumble. Right, well, it wasn't drive. I mean, the first the opening kickoff is fumbled uh, by Jacoby Jones, and then the next the ensuing Steeler possession uh, after Jarvis Jones' interception also fumble. Um, I thought that was. I know this sounds weird, but I thought that was. That was good for the Steelers um, because down this stretch now we can't win the division anymore. We can't. Win. We know we can't win the division. It's it's borderline impossible for it to happen now. Um, and so we're gonna have road. We're gonna have big road games in the playoffs. We're gonna have games against good teams, um, and we're gonna have to face and overcome a ton of adversity. And you know, I know that Indianapolis isn't the who's who of. Of big teams in the in the AFC, but but they're a playoff team, and, and the fact that we had to face some adversity at the beginning of this game, and, and hey, you know what? We're going to spot you at the ten yard line to start, and then uh, we're going to spot you again at like the twenty on the very next drive, um, and and for this team to be able to to do that with the Colts, uh, and then still come away with a forty five to ten 
win. I thought spoke volumes about where this team is, uh, you know, just as a team. And I, again, I understand the Colts aren't, you know, the cream of the crop in the AFC, but they're a playoff team, and, and they're a team we could potentially meet again here in, in five weeks. That's a good point that uh, they were able to overcome that adversity because, I mean, if the Colts go in and score and get a 7 nothing, you know, get up 7 nothing, and then something else happens and it's 14 nothing. I mean, that, that can change the whole game, confidence, momentum, things like that, especially with two good teams. I mean, the Colts are, well, pretty good anyway. Uh, that could that could change things. But that's, uh, I mean, what a waste of a good coin toss, right? You get, you get the ball, you do what you want to do. They, they have a game plan in their head about how they're going to handle the first drive, and they get they get nothing. And the um, basically they don't get the ball in the second half either on the kickoff. So that was right. tough. And I kind of feel bad for Jacoby because he just basically seemed like he just wasn't ready to play for whatever reason, or he's just not into it. I mean, but the fumble on the kickoff, I mean, that happens, right? But then the, the next one, just that just showed that. I think he's in his own head. I think, yeah. I think, I think he's in his so, own head at this point, yeah. And it's good. I mean, they haven't cut him yet. The, Jacoby Jones is not cut. Um, he's still on the roster. And, and uh, I guess there is still a chance at this point that they'll go back to him later in the year, but they're not going to go back to him anytime soon. Uh, Tomlin said during the press conference today um, that, you know, Jacoby Jones is basically going to sit the bench. They're not going to look outside the organization for another kick returner, which I think at this point, why would you? Uh, you know, you already switched off and it blew up in your face. So don't let's not try it again. Like we know we have Antonio Brown returned kicks his entire career or returned punts his entire career. He's perfectly fine with that. Uh, and then Marcus Wheaton has returned kicks earlier in his career and he's a third receiver now. So why not have him return kicks? Um and then I guess later in the year, if you feel more comfortable going back to Jacoby, you can. But you don't have you don't have to. You have the option of of just cutting him and bringing a guy from the practice squad on. Um, so I I'm okay with. Uh, I mean, obviously you don't want Jacoby to keep playing, but he's, and I'm happy with the decision to uh, not go out and try to fix a problem um, that we can solve in house. Uh, I can't believe you guys missed this. Uh, it's going to come out anytime. Or it's going it's, uh, they're about to release it. Uh, Pittsburgh is going you know on the Pittsburgh Press. Uh, Jacoby's on the, he's still on the Ravens payroll. <laughs> it seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Could be. He's, uh, he has, it's, it's amazing, and I, I sent this text out to you guys when we were, when we were watching the game, but it's still, still amazing to me that this guy two years ago, I mean, it is, it, we are two short years away from when Mike Tomlin, uh, stepped in front of him, uh, and, you know, he was going for that touchdown. He was the best kick returner in the league two years ago. Um, and now, I mean, he's he's fallen off to the point where I understand in San Diego, you know, he was disappointing for them, and that's why they cut him. But he's now, to, it would be one thing if he were just disappointing for us uh, in, as far as kick returns go. But, I mean, this is, he's gotten to the point now where, I mean, he's he's in his own head. He can't, he can't even feel the kick. He's, you go, this is like Devin Hester all of a sudden can't even catch the ball. It's just strange. When you say he was the best in the league, what, what do you mean? Was it just kick return average, most touchdowns? I don't really remember him being that dominant. Jacoby Jones? Oh, yeah, no. The Ravens, yeah, the Ravens have had, uh, up until, uh, this year, they had the best special teams in football, uh, statistically. And that meant, you know, uh, field position on kickoff, punt, and then made field goals. I mean, Justin Tucker is probably, uh, Justin Tucker's leg is a little too, uh, accurate for my liking. But, uh, anyway, yeah, no, they had, they were, like, statistically one of the best special teams all around. And Jacoby was, uh, punt return and kick return. Punt, punt and kick return. So now you said we're going to go with Wheaton for kick return and Antonio Brown for punt return? Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the plan for Cincinnati is Wheaton's going to return kicks and Brown's going to return kicks. 
And I like Antonio Brown for punt return in a playoff game in a big moment, and maybe even throughout an entire playoff game, like because every moment is really big, every punt return is big. So to, I mean, I can justify that. And so to say, you know, he's going to get a four game, you know, four games of practice at punt returning again. Not that he needs it, but just to get acclimated again. That's not bad. You just worry about him getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, look, Antonio Brown was returning punts for us four games ago. I mean, this is not. It's not like Antonio Brown is four. It's like it was two seasons ago that he was returning punts. You know, when Drew Archer was on the team, Drew Archer only returned kicks. So, uh, you know, Brown is Brown is a seasoned punt returner. It would be, you know, it's one of bring a Jacobian was one of those things. It was nice to not have Antonio returning punts anymore. But um, you know, the, the that's one right. that's yeah, the, the one that, the one that is yeah. So the one that's the one that's a real difference is Wheaton hasn't returned a kick. I don't think in two years. I think his rookie year he was returning kicks. Um, and then maybe sporadically throughout last year when, uh, God, last year they would have, uh, they had Blunt returning kicks at one point, and then, uh, was it Archer returning? I forget who returned kicks for us last year. Might have been Wheaton at the end of the year when Archer got benched. So he, he might have been, he might be like a year removed from it. I thought Wheaton was a good kick returner, by the way, too, I think. And, and if we're talking about Marcus Wheaton, I do want to talk about Marcus Wheaton, the player, because, uh, he proved this week that, uh, last week's game was not just a flash in the pan, Oh, hey, I'm still on the team, and now I'm going to go back in my little hole, and you know, like he's a legit. Whether Antonio Brown is open or not, I mean, Marcus Wheaton is a legit third option emerging that way. He had a um, two really good routes he ran. The the two um, one he should have had for a touchdown if Ben throws it right, and then when he did have for the touchdown, and then that one over the middle where Ben just kind of floated into him, and he had to take a big shot over the middle. Um, he's playing really, really well. I, I think Wheaton uh, emerging as this third option. You know, has uh, you know, he certainly more than made up for the fact that we didn't have Heath Miller in this game, um, and you know, we're scoring thirty points a game on offense. I think for the last two weeks, he's been a huge reason why. Well, the um, I kind of wonder. So in the Seattle game, it was kind of out of necessity, right? Right, because Brown was yeah, Brown was Brown smothering. was you know they were smothering Brown, and so I don't know they were looking for Bryant, so they were you know so. Uh, maybe so. Maybe it's got a little bit to do with Ben going. Hey, this is kind of cool having an extra guy out there when the other doing any. I think maybe he's just looking for him a little more. It's a little more confidence in throwing to him after that performance. So this, hopefully, he's going to just. It looks like it's going to feed on itself. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly does look like this is this is the kind of thing that Wilton or Wheaton is now building upon. And my goodness, I mean, you give you know <laughs> you give this team now another weapon. I mean, Wheaton was always there, but you know he's just kind of disappeared in the past couple weeks. But now with the reemergence of Marcus Wheaton. With the way D'Angelo is playing, with the way Antonio Brown's playing and, and Bryant's playing, and, and you know even Jesse James made some catches in this game. I mean, this offense we said before the year this could be the best offense in football, and then all these injuries happened, and we kind of gave up on that dream. But here we are. I mean, you know, put Le'Veon Bell on this team. Does it really look that different? Does it really look that? I don't think it does. Um, I mean, Le'Veon is just so special and exciting, and things can happen. But I mean, gosh, you can't you can't complain. In any way about D'Angelo, that guy, doesn't he make some huge plays out of nothing sometimes? He does. I mean, and, and, and it, Collinsworth picked up on it too from last week, and I don't think we talked about it enough, but some of the plays he made against Seattle, Absolutely. uh, just getting first downs where it didn't seem like he could. But I want to go back to Wheaton real quick. The thing that I see is Ben gaining confidence in him. The touchdown pass to Wheaton was a veteran quarterback who drops back to pass, and he's throwing the ball, you know, a yard into the end zone just past the pylon. And he's thrown into that spot 
regardless of really if the receiver is there. He just expects the receiver to be there. Right. And Wheaton, Wheaton does the route the right way. He turns around, and the ball's right there, and he catches it. And, I mean, that's everything Ben expects on that play out of the wide receiver. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to lose confidence. And um, you see that with Brady a lot right now where, you know, the receivers aren't either catching the ball or being where they need to be. But in this case, I mean, Wheaton was there, and he's just going to gain confidence. And like you just said, man, that's just another another toy, another weapon for Ben. Absolutely. You know what's been another tool for Ben these past couple weeks is, uh, you know, we say that, you know, Matt, Mike Vick, uh, you know, is a great running quarterback, but uh, Ben wants to use his legs too. This is the second week in a row. He's really uh, tried to use his legs to make to make things happen, uh, and he did in this game. I mean, that, that run that he had, the 13-yard run, to get that first down, I mean, it looked silly just watching Ben Roethlisberger run, uh, but he's he's back to being the old the old Ben Roethlisberger, not afraid to run around. You know, after that knee injury earlier this year, remember we all thought this guy was going to be done out for the year. Now he's out there running around again. He doesn't look nice running, you know, but he, he's, he's just, well, so, yeah. Well, so maybe it's the knee injury, but I was going to say, you know, Ben was never a fast runner, but right. given that, he he looks like he may have lost a step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. He's just smart. He's he's gonna if it's first or second down, he's and and nothing's open and there's space. He's gonna run for yardage and get down. But if it's third down or key play, he's gonna run for the first down and try to get the damn thing. And and he does a lot. And um, that's where you have to worry about him getting hurt. But he's such a big guy. I mean, he's gonna run smart. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's been fun. To, you know, he's been uh, he's been the last couple weeks. He's been doing it. Um. Oh, one thing I want to – so during the game, especially early, when, when the offense was kind of struggling, right? I mean, not really – struggling to score touchdowns, not really struggling to move the ball. I mean, we didn't really go three and out in this game. But um, one of the things that was happening early was that we were throwing a lot of deep balls. I mean, we've been doing that recently. The deep ball has been on for the Steelers recently, and especially in this four-game stretch when we're scoring 30 at will. But um, we were doing it a lot in this game. And, and I, I went on Twitter during the game, and one of the, the beat writers – after the Steelers, I was in the box, was saying how the like we had like a third and four, third and five, then we went deep to Bryant, and he was a one-on-one 50-50 ball. Um, and the guy said, "Look, the, the the Colts are crowding the box. Every play, they're crowding the box. They're daring, they're daring the Steelers to go deep." And then it, you know that kind of manifested itself as the game went on, and those 50-50 balls that were earlier in the game not uh, being caught were all of a sudden like the, the catch that Bryant had over that. Defender, where he was able to catch and run, and then the other, the other one where he did catch and run for a touchdown. What a stupid game plan by the Colts! If there's one thing you want to do with the Steelers, you have to stop our deep ball. If you let Bryant and Brown just go deep, which they did plenty of times in this game, we have three or four connected deep balls in this game that absolutely killed the Colts. Um, it's just a stupid thing to do against us. I don't, okay, understand, but, I don't understand. Okay, so I, I get why they did it early because you can just go back and listen to our podcast. When when Ben is not 100% healthy on his you know his leg or his, his knee or his ankle or whatever his problem is, he doesn't step into the he doesn't step into his throws and he overthrows. Mm-hmm. Now I don't remember I don't remember that being a big issue last week in Seattle. Um, no, or a lot of errant throws. So I don't know what made them if they were thinking that. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe they are just dumbasses. But <laughs> poor uh, coaching but has a lot to do with what happened. Thinking, you know, they could have been thinking that. Hey, let's make him throw. Uh, because we, we, you know, we're going to challenge him because we think his knee's not that good and, and, uh, and he's going to, he can't throw the deep ball as accurate, you know, like we've seen him. But at once they, once they proved it to him, they, they should have backed off. 
I, well, I think they did back off a little bit, and that's why uh, the running game really opened up later in the game. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it, listen, if you want to give the Steelers a deep ball, I think, you know, I have, in my opinion, more power to you. Let's see what happens. Because Ben Ben had another uh, four-touchdown, 360-yard game. You know what's interesting in this game is that we, we scored 50 on this team last year. We only scored 45 in this game, but this felt like a much more thorough beatdown than last year did. And I guess that had a lot to do with what the defense did. Yeah, last year they kind of had to score 50 to win, right? Yeah, I mean, we had them the whole game. Remember, that game opens up, we just go right down and score a touchdown. Then uh, the Colts have to punt, we go right down and score another touchdown, then pick six. We're up 21-3 to at one point. But didn't it get close to like oh, it got, somewhere oh, yeah. like it got, within it got, a touchdown in the thirties? Yeah, it kept getting yeah, it kept getting within a touchdown. The defense kept giving it up. So we had to keep scoring. And you know, the thing. Oh, go ahead. But just going back to Ben. I mean, he's a guy that if it's third and three, and you know the play for third and three, the first read isn't there. He's not afraid to go go deep. You know, throw fifty yards, even though it's only third and three. If if that's what's on, so. You know, sometimes it's a little frustrating when that's incomplete. It's like, dang, man, we only need three yards. But he he connects on that a lot. No, and you know, one thing I was thinking in this game, and I know it's it's very it's a very arrogant way of thinking, but I, you know, we go for two a lot, and that's a very arrogant way of thinking too. Is to say, look, I'm just going to go for this two because I think I can get it on you. Is on fourth and three, like there was that fourth and three where he went deep and we didn't get it, and I was like, damn, it's so fourth and three. Why don't we just why don't we just go? Like, why not just go? You know, I know this goes back to our discussion from like a couple years ago where the coach that never punts, but like with this offense, it you could make a somewhat of an argument that like fourth and three for this offense is not fourth and three for most offense. That's not the Cleveland fourth and three. So you're saying that it was third and three, we went deep and missed it, so why not just go fourth and three? And it opens well here's here's what here's what having four down situations like that. Like if it's third and three, now all of a sudden you're saying to yourself, you know what? Four down territory. Third and three, all of a sudden, is a very different play call than fourth. Maybe you go third and three because it's open and you go deep, right? But maybe you don't. Maybe it's not the play design, right? But maybe you can do something else on third and three. And if it doesn't work and you don't get there, you do a drop play on third and three. Okay, now it's fourth and two. Fine, I'm going for it on fourth down anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, depending on how the defense is playing, and and I know that we haven't said it yet, but I think that we're worried with our defense still. They do great against these mediocre quarterbacks, but against a great quarterback or even a good above average quarterback, I think, at least in my opinion, I'm still worried about them. So in a situation like that, you're playing against a great quarterback, you punt it down to the 10 or 20 yard line. You know, if they're going to drive on your defense anyway, what's the difference? Go for it on fourth and two at your own 40. Right. If you think they're going to drive on you anyway. Absolutely. I, oh, in these blowout games? Oh, yeah. I think I think in the games where it's going to be a track meet, like if we're facing the Packers or if we're facing the Seahawks again or if we're facing, uh, you know, Tom Brady and, and he has all his full arsenal, um, like a playoff game, yeah, I'm not doing it against Andy Dalton this week. I'm not doing it against uh, Brock Osweiler, right? But I'm saying, yeah, I think if it's if it's 37 against Tom Brady, maybe you do have to go for it on fourth down. You, you go four down territory. Guess I mean, it's... It's something to consider, but the thing about this defense, even though they give up a lot of yards, they are very opportunistic. So when you punt it down to the 10 or 20, and they have to go 80 yards to get a touchdown, you never know what can happen within that 80 yards. They could get a turnover. Yeah, so that's the I, other side of it. Yeah, and I think, look, what happened to the Steelers' defense last week it has only happened to us three times this year, right? Uh, it happened to us week one, it happened to us against the Raiders, and then it happened to us against the Seahawks. I think... What the Seahawks won, to me, and I said this last week, and I guess I'll say it again, but 
you know, that had more to do, I feel like, with, with Russell Wilson and what the Seahawks were doing than what we're doing. There were some really fluky plays in that game. There were some weird things that happened. And if you watch the game that the Seahawks played against the Vikings, uh, you know, they're not, they're not the, the two and five Seattle that we saw a couple weeks ago. They're a very different team and, and hell, you never know. Maybe we'll see them again. Um, the Raiders one looks far worse. Far, that game looks far worse in retrospect seeing what the Raiders have done since then. But Derek Carr was on fire when we played them. And then the Tom Brady one, you know, again, we're the team of all excuses, so we have all the excuses for all the losses this year. But, uh, I think what, what happened against the Colts is more reminiscent of what we've seen, the majority of what we've seen from this team, right? Now, whether or not that's against mediocre quarterbacks, and, and I mean, largely we have played mediocre quarterbacks, but again, there are only like 10 good quarterbacks in the league, period. And I guess you'd have to put Carson Palmer and Alex Smith in that group, right? But we, we faced both of them. So, I don't know. Well, I, I had to do some soul-searching last week after the Seattle loss because I always said that the problem with the Steelers' defense was they couldn't take on a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, I don't know that Russell Wilson's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I'm going to have to see that he's an above-average quarterback. Um and he's got, and, and for whatever reason, he seemed to have the, he seemed to, he just seemed to have a good feel for that game. Um, so I, 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 I guess the Steelers, the Steelers are going to struggle a little bit with an above average quarterback, a guy who knows how to play football in this league and is, and is, you know, not just a mediocre guy that, you know, is, is, uh, is a, is a one trick pony, that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, that's where I'm at with the, with the defense now. Um, but I don't agree with I don't agree with going for it on fourth down all the time. My goodness, that's like who not cares? all the time. Not all the time. Who cares he, if you even have a defense. It's a very situational thing. Yeah, if just sometimes. If it's third and three, right? It's the same way you go for two, right? You go you don't go for fourth fourth and three all the time. But the same way you would go for two, maybe sometimes, like maybe sometimes you just go for it on fourth and three, and you design your third down call. If it's third and three, you design that call that, to know that you're going to go for it on fourth down. Anyway, I don't think it's a wrinkle they're going to add this year, but I do think it's a wrinkle. They're gonna add. I think. I think it's something that Tomlin probably will consider, considering that how well Ron Rivera is doing, and that team's undefeated, and it's a copycat league. You know, Ron Rivera is known as Riverboat Ron because he goes forward and fourth down so much. Um, consider how good this offense is. I want to see uh, uh, Riverboat Tomlin. So we got to. We got to talk about the pass rush. We got to talk about James Harrison. Uh, we got to talk about Arthur Motes. We got to talk about Vince. Well, your boy Vince Williams, Mike, who had a, who had a terrific game in this game. Uh, no Sean Spence, and so Vince Williams comes in, gets to see uh, pretty significant playing time. That guy was all over the field on on uh, on running plays, and really in the against the pass as well. And then um, who else had the sack? Oh yeah, Will Allen had the sack because Keith Butler loves to bring loves to bring those secondary guys on the blitz. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it was it, it's the kind of game like this was the kind of game where. You know, we got, okay, so we got pressure in this game. And I know last week we said, you know, we didn't really get pressure against Wilson and, and, uh, you know, he had too much time and, and he was able to pick us apart. Um, I, you know, are, is this a defense now that becomes the, the kind of defense where if it gets pressure, we're fine. If it doesn't get pressure, like we're just going to get eaten apart? I think maybe it could be because, um, well, who was the, now they played another guy. Is it Boykin? Am I getting the name Boykin, right? Boykin, yeah. They played Boykin in the secondary a little bit, yeah. He played pretty well. He, no, yeah, we had the interception. I mean, it was really gay caused it, but, but he had it. He, he, you know, right, he made, I mean, he, he was playing heads up, but yeah. otherwise he, he played pretty well. Uh, I thought for sure that hit the ground. Oh, I know. Great catch, but it did not. It did not hit the ground. No, and, no. and, uh, no, I, I think, I think that the, 
their rotation definitely definitely helped. You know, having Cockrell and, and Blake only on the field, um, you know, limiting their exposure uh, certainly helped. And bringing Boykin in, um, you know, was yeah, was definitely uh, a factor in this game. Although, you know, who I guess outside of T.Y. Hilton, they, they also really have like a guy. But it was good to see that we didn't get picked apart by like some rando wide receiver that no one's ever heard of. Actually, Andre Johnson started off pretty well against us, didn't he? Two for yeah. forty-four. Yeah, he had two for forty-four early. Yeah, but man, we shut down. I mean, we shut down like T.Y. Hilton, three catches, thirty-six yards. He had he basically did nothing. Um, I think that had to do a lot with the fact that Hasselbeck just never felt. There's some guys in this league that just can't deal with that kind of pressure. And by well, the way, but, I, okay, I think so. Hasselbeck had another thing going on though. He had, he had a lot of trouble with the plays. He doesn't know the plays well. He kept looking at his wristband. They kept on running out of time. How, oh, the three, delay of games. Yeah, the delay three or weird. four delay of game. Yeah, come on, that that's a killer. Yeah. It's demoralizing. It adds five yards to whatever your down and distance was. Yep. Uh, and but it, it messes with your head. Yeah. But what is what is that attributed to? Why doesn't he know the plays? He's a veteran quarterback. He's been there a while. It's not like he's you know Mike Vick that came in. All right. Well, has he been there a while? Uh, and yeah, the other thing is they have a new offensive coordinator, I think, from Stanford. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm not blaming Hasselbeck. I'm blaming, like, the offense. I mean, the backup quarterback should know the plays. This is his third year. This is his third year in Indy. No, well, yeah. weren't they saying that the, the the offensive coordinator was calling plays down to some, like, translator guy who was yeah. then, like, sending the plays in? So it's too. It's taken too long. That's a screw yeah. up system. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, no, that coaching staff is in disarray. I mean, you know, Pagano's going to get fired. Uh, it's just not a good situation. Hey, as far as bringing pressure, I agree with you. That is, that's the Achilles heel for the Steeler defense. I mean, really any defense. You gotta put pressure on the quarterback. And, and we've seen Brady. He doesn't like when he gets pressure, right? Oh. That's, that's when the, uh, the Patriots offense falls apart. Uh, but it seems like Butler finds different ways to bring pressure, whether it's three, four, blitzing with linebackers, blitzing with, uh, defensive backs. It doesn't always work. But it just seems like that when it's if you're going through a game or a quarter and a half where it's not working, that he's mixing it up. So it's gonna it seems like he's looking for something to finally get something to work. Yeah, and I don't I, look. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I'm not going to bash LeBeau here, but I do want to just contrast the way that this defense played last year with the way that it played this year. It's not a huge leap as far as like different players. I mean, we've we really just lost a bunch of veterans. And we're just playing a bunch of young guys. But it's not like the turnover was crazy as far as um, talent goes, right? But this defense, style-wise, from LeBeau to Butler, there was a big concern about, oh, no, what's it going to be like? What you know, Is Butler going to run the same kind of defense? Is it going to be as good? Yada, yada. I mean, all of those fears have been put to bed at this point, right? We saw Vince Williams and Spence, Sean Spence, really come and, you know, develop last year, right? Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of playing time. Uh, the way they're rotating players this season – it seems that, the more I think about it, that all of these young players are getting more and more experience, even though they're they're not playing full games. They're getting a lot of game experience, situational experience, and they're, they're all getting better. And so, you know, maybe that's, that's what's helping. Uh, I mean, you say it's about the same players, but all the players have gotten better since last year at the start of the season, and they continue to get better throughout the season. So, you know, that's just, uh, I'm trying to defend LeBeau a little bit. Well, there's two things you can say about it. One is you're you're making a you're you're pretty much making the same point that I was going to make, which is you okay. You had all these young guys on the team. You had these veterans. You shed the veterans. 
Young guys get all the playing time. Um, but they've been on the team. Jarvis has been there. Spence has been there. Uh, it was, uh, uh, Shazier's Shazier. been there. Yeah. Um, you know, Hayward to it. So all these guys, yeah. they're just another year under their belt, but the difference between year one, year two, phenomenal. The difference between year two, three to three, phenomenal differences in those, in those growing years. Um, so that's one thing. The defense has definitely got a spark though. And that I attribute yeah. to the change in the, in the leadership. Um, and it's not a shot at LeBeau at all because look, I'm going to take my beloved Chuck Knoll, the greatest coach of all time. Okay. And, um, and I'm going to say it's a fact. I mean, you just go back and look at it. There was hardly any player change, uh, when, from when Knoll handed the reins over to Cower. Um, but the team immediately responded to Cower and they, and they started going to the playoffs. Every year they were perennial, and, and it was just overnight. So it's just that it's just that change. It's not a knock against Noel. It was just it was it was the right time to make that change. That's it. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, I, I think Butler. You know, it's, yeah, you said it perfectly, Joe. I mean, but, Butler has added the, the year one to year two thing. I think is true, but I think also you know it, it, this new style, this new bringing pressure from everywhere, just um, being a little more. Hectic using that athletic ability to to fake and, and to be able to pull back or pull back and then blitz um, has just added a, a, a spark that this team desperately needed. And, uh, and that's not, I mean, that's not new. That's not Butler. That's that's LeBeau's old defense. His old defense, yeah, but he got away from it for whatever oh, reason. He did. It was almost like he didn't trust the players out there to run that. It was almost like he was frustrated that he didn't have the talent yeah. that he used to have and he didn't want to run it almost. Right. It's like, you know, I don't have what I need to do that. And it's going to look bad if I try it. Right. Right. I mean, hell, man. You know, look, I understand you guys' fear of the, of the defense. And, and, look, I certainly have that fear, too, right? And, and that's that's the problem of, you know, when we face an Aaron Rodgers, when we face a Tom Brady, when we face any of these top guys, I'm not sure what I'm going to get from my defense, and it could the, the wheels could just fall off. But, but I will say this. A lot of teams have that problem, right? A lot of teams, when they go up against Tom Brady, worry that, hey, they're just, he's just going to kill me because he's Tom Brady. Not just because you have a bad defense, but because he's Tom Brady. Um and that's what he does to team. So that's a that's a you know it's a good problem to have, right? It'd be a much worse problem if it were. Why does Austin Davis you know roll me up for four hundred every week, uh, or you know, or some other mediocre to bad quarterback in this league? You know, I I don't really worry about our team because of the defense, or I don't allow our defense to put put fear in me watching these games because of the offense. The offense mm-hmm. is so good. The offense seems like it can score on every possession, and it's really really peaking now and it seems like it doesn't matter what the defense does that our offense can bail them out the the thing that i that worries me the most is when our offense seems to sputter it seems to um you know that all the weapons are there they run the play and for whatever reason ben can't find a guy or somebody breaks through and he doesn't have time you know something breaks down there you know we don't execute properly and that happens but for and i used to say it about the rams greatest show on turf that sure you might be able to do that, but if you give them three plays, they're going to get ten yards and they're going to march down the field. And so that's the way this offense seems. So the thing that I worry about is what we saw in the first quarter in this game against Indy. I mean, they sputtered; they got three points, six points, and if if that happens against a good team in the playoffs, that's going to be the demise. I think though, I, look, I I I understand that, but I thought the I think we're so used to this team being good, and we have this picture in our mind 
what was the quote Ben said today in, in the interview that I read? Um, that we strive, we strive for perfection and we settle for excellence. I think is what he said about the offense. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we strive for perfection and settle for excellence. Um, or accept something like that. Yeah, I think, I think that's where we are as fans, right? With this, with this offense, it's like it, we're frustrated because we have so much talent and we know what this offense is capable of. And we've seen them, we've seen Ben throw back to back six touchdown games. We've seen them throw thirty four games in a row this year, right? We, against the Forty ers I mean, they literally could not be stopped. They could, they just named the number and then they went out and scored it, right? Um, that every single time we punt, every single time we have to kick a field goal in the red zone, every single time we have a missed third down opportunity, it's ex- it's extremely frustrating us as fans because because we know how capable are there. I think we are. I think we're a little bit jaded though. I think that those first quarter, those first half sputters, if you will, or whatever it is, I, I think that they're just normal offensive things that happen to teams every once in a while. You know, you you. You're not going to have your A game every single game. You're not going to have your A game every single drive. But on average, you want to be throwing up, you know, or you want to be converting more third downs than you than you don't. You want to be scoring on more drives than you don't. And for this offense, has gotten there. I just think we're so jaded and we just expect so much out of this offense that we've set this we've set this this uh, goal for them, this, this lofty goal of like you have to be the best offense in the NFL consistently every single game, every single drive. And it's just almost like it's. Something that we, you know, you just, this is a goal they can never achieve. Like. Well, statistically though, isn't it? Um, the, statistically, I thought they said in this game, this is the number one offense in the league by points, yards. Uh, yeah, with Ben. With, uh, you know, asterisk with Ben. Oh, I see. In, in, in weeks game, in which, in weeks in which Ben's game, played, yeah. That Ben played. Not necessarily started or finished, but played. Right, and played, yeah. Yeah, that we're the, we're the number one offense. I mean, we're number five without, you know, number, number five, uh, it, it really doesn't matter where we are without Ben because the team is going nowhere without Ben. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, oh yeah, without, without without Ben, oh, it's this. And if we get in the playoffs without him, we can do what? We can lose. Right. Exactly. You know, no, I'll go as far as to say this. I'll go as far as to say this. Barring catastrophic injury to to anyone on this offense, bar, barring catastrophic injury to uh, to to Ben or um, to really any of the big playmakers in this offense. Um, I think if we if we if we don't lose the turnover battle from here on out, we we there's no one that can beat us. There's no one in the National Football League right now, unless we beat ourselves, unless we turn the ball over in stupid ways. You can't. I don't think you can beat this team right now. I think we're playing at that level. I think we've and you know the Seattle game, Seattle game. I throw the Seattle game in there since Cleveland or since since uh, Cincinnati. That, that was a stupid game. It was Ben's first game back, but since then we have been on a roll. Where we have scored thirty plus points every single game, no matter what, no matter who we're facing. Uh, well, no just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Cincinnati is an asterisk game. Uh, no, that's, that, what I, that's what I mean. That's the game that. Um, that yeah, he wasn't they, back. Le'Veon he was back, but he wasn't back. Ben was, yeah, Ben was. Well, out. true, Le'Veon, Le'Veon went back, and, back and then Le'Veon went out for the season. Right. That's true. That that's like in the, second, in the second quarter or the first quarter. Right. But since then, Ben's been on point, and uh, you mentioned it. Um, they are they are fifth in passing. Right now, for the whole season, fifth mm-hmm. in the league in passing yards per game and second in total yards per game. Yep, yep. And that's, that's that's including the two Vic games and the two Landry games. Yeah, that's a, and Arizona's number one in total yards per game. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think if you don't turn the so ball, we beat turn the ball Arizona over, without Ben. We beat him. Yeah, we beat him without Ben. <laughs> I, I think that's a big statement, Tony. That's something that to to look for to look at is uh, you're saying if they don't lose the turnover battle or if it's even. We don't lose another game this season. You can't beat this team. Look at how we've lost. 
Look at the teams that we've lost to and look at how we've lost to them. Baltimore. Okay, that was, you know, I don't, the Scobie things count as turnovers for me. Okay, uh, I'm not counting the New England game. That's a BS game. It doesn't count. It's stupid. It shouldn't have been on our schedule. But, uh, Kansas City, what was the difference in that game? We turned the ball over too many times. Uh, the difference in Cincinnati, those two late interceptions absolutely killed us. Against Seattle, I mean, I know the Demons played like shit, but those three turnovers didn't help anything. Um, if you don't beat if you don't beat us in the turnover game, you can't beat us right now. This way, this team is playing offensively and defensively. I don't think Russell Wilson does that last week without three turnovers. And, I mean, maybe he does close, but they don't. The problem is you have to keep pace with this offense. And and the fact that we went into Seattle last week into their house and put up thirty on them. I think speaks volumes, and I know they're not the same Seattle defense, but you look at what they did to Minnesota. Adrian Peterson had 18 yards rushing yesterday. 18 yards. We're, we're, we're a very, very good team, and there aren't a lot of teams that scare me. And what's great, what's great about our schedule coming up to transition here into, you know, the upcoming games is that I'm gonna, we'll, we'll find out right now. You know, we're just, you know, can we go to, can we go to Cincinnati in the playoffs and, and win? Well, let's, let's find out now. Uh, cause we go there next week. And then can we beat Denver in the playoffs? Let's find out, cause we play them in two weeks. So the Seattle went to Minnesota this week, right? That yeah, was Seattle Minnesota. went to Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, look, don't don't be surprised when Seattle makes that stupid run, and then they're gonna, you know, the only the thing that they screwed themselves out of is this year the 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 Cardinals didn't lose Carson Palmer down the stretch, and they didn't fall apart, and so Seattle's gonna have to go on the road for the rest of the way. And I don't know if Seattle can make that run in the playoffs, but anyway, uh, no, we get to, we're facing at Cincinnati this week, and then Denver. Those are num- right now the number one and two seeds in the AFC. Um, and th- because they play each other, it's very likely that one of those teams is going to get the two seed, and one of those teams is going to get the three seed. New England will jump back up to one, barring if they you know continue their implosion. But and because the Chiefs run that they're making, I mean, Mike and I will talk about playoff scenarios in a second. But suffice to say, one of these two teams is likely to be our playoff opponent, um, and we get to face them in back-to-back weeks. I'm pretty hyped about this run. I'm pretty hyped about at Bengals home for Broncos. I mean, it's great. If we get past those two games, you know, then you have to go at Ravens, which the Ravens are playing terribly. They don't have their quarterback, but it's still a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. So that could be trouble. And then the Browns, I mean, I can't see any of that being competitive unless Brian Seip or someone comes back like that. I don't know. <laughs> I just think, I'm not, you know, barring, barring injury, yeah. It's got to be Brian. It's got to be an injury that screws that us in that one. Otherwise, I think we're fine. But yeah, these next two games are going to be a, a good test, and um, it's going to be interesting to see if Andy Dalton is is really turning the corner. You know, he's going to. I guess they don't really need the game, but it's going to set a precedence for the playoffs. And um, and then Os, what's how do you say Os- his name? Osweiler. Osweiler. We're going to see if he's for real. Joe, back in two thousand eight, the Steelers had a saying down the stretch because they had such a tough schedule. Oh, yeah, the five-star matchup. The five-star matchup, because we're in it. Uh, That was a hell of a run, uh, the 2008 season. Um, This is, uh, I don't don't think the season on balance is like that season was, but... um, No, but the the end run here, certainly. This team, you know, offensively, uh, there's no comparison, and then then defensively, uh, it's just a different team. It's a a totally different team from what it was in 2008. Uh, but um, the Cincinnati, are we talking about the Cincinnati game now? Is that what we're doing? That's where we are. So, um, I mean, the Steelers got to go in Cincinnati. They got to get a win, man. Um, this really tells the story these next two weeks, don't they? And it's it's unfortunate the Steelers really need to win these two games. Um, it'll be really cool to win them. 
And then, and then what happens is you give those teams, those teams end up then, if you go, if you look down the road, those teams then, um, end up with revenge factor. They end up with, okay, this is the game plan they used to beat us. Um, they know we can come into their house and beat them because both the games are on the road and both of those games are going to be played on the road in the playoffs. Um, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a playoff preview. Um, and, uh, it really is going to come down to which team has more talent. And I, I do think that if, when you stack up the talent on the, on the teams, the Steelers are really, they're, they're really not second to, to anyone in the league. Um, offensively, we're definitely not. So, well, defensively, defensively, it's getting a little bit, it, it gets a little bit interesting, um, in the, in the way they're able to, to develop a pass rush and, and and they're able to, to put together some surprising blitzes. Um, and I, so, think we, I think we can agree that, you know, Andy Dalton and Brock Osweiler are not in that list of guys I'm afraid of with this defense, right? No, Andy Andy Dalton, um, and I need to be quiet because you got to get Mike in here on this, but um, uh, Andy Dalton doesn't have good games against the Steelers. Now, I'm hoping he, this isn't the week he's going to turn it around. Good God. He pulls a flacco on us. Um but no, he has not been able to handle the Steelers very well at all. Um, so you know they, they're on a run. They had a big giant win this week, you know, over the Browns, um, and they had a, a, a good win against the Rams too. So they haven't really had to face anybody that, that challenged them. Uh, I think the Steelers will definitely give them a challenge. Uh, I, I, honest to goodness, I'll be surprised if the Steelers don't win this game. And I'll be I'll be really pissed too. Yes, <laughs> it's not going to be. A fun it, it will be. I mean, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, God, I hope my team can win, but I don't really expect them to win. Right. You know. Um. And a perfect example of that is in 2005 when the Steelers went to Indianapolis to play Manning in that that unbelievable season that he had, and the Steelers came out of there with a win, and the Steelers were a wild card, and and you know. Halfway through the season, didn't even look like they were going to approach the playoffs. So that's what I mean. Sometimes you think your team can't win. Um, and you just say they think, but in this case, I think they can win. I think they will win. And if they don't win, I am genuinely going to be pissed off. Yeah, it'd be nice if this game is like I think it was last season, right? The score is twenty-one, twenty-one, and then we just took yeah, off on them and lights won out like forty-two to twenty-one, See you. something like that. And uh, and that and we won the division last season, right? Right. And that set the tone for it. I know we're not going to win this season, but it could still set the tone for who's the best team in the division. And, uh, and especially if they make Andy Dalton look bad again. I mean, if they match up again in the playoffs, he's going to have no confidence. Um, I don't know. Uh, one thing I wanted to note though that, uh, we do have three road games left, but the Denver game is, is the lone home game that we have left. Mm-hmm. I so, like oh, Denver's at home. Denver's oh, at home. Yeah. I didn't realize that was at home. Yep. Oh, sorry, that's right. So Browns and the Ravens are on the road. Okay. Yeah, they gave us three or four division road games for the last four games. But Thanks, NFL. Yeah. Yeah, and the opener with New England. Come on, man. I mean, yeah, I know New England got turned in by somebody in the NFL and the whole, you know, they're a bunch of cheaters. But holy crap, we're not we're like one notch above New England <laughs> as far as the NFL and people hating us in the league. What the hell? Is there anything to be said for the weather getting a little, you know, colder out there and the balls getting a little harder and Brady being less successful? Anything oh, to be said for that? We're going we're gonna to save that for around the NFL. Okay. Are you guys at all worried? But to, to bring that back up, no, I do want to bring that back up again. Is there any part of you that worries about the Nets football factor here? Steelers 
rely on a certain way of winning. It usually involves Ben Roethlisberger dropping back the pass and Antonio Brown catching it. Does any part of that worry you? I mean, that's a good point that we're th- you know we have to throw to win, right? right. But you do have D'Angelo Williams, who is a kind of a battering ram himself. However, when we throw to win, that doesn't seem very – it doesn't seem finesse to me. I don't know. I, maybe it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe it's the uniform. Maybe it's my bias. But we seem like a tough throwing team, not a finesse throwing team, if that makes any sense. I, but, I, I agree with that. That is said like a true girder head, if I ever heard one. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, there – I can I don't it's not just a just a finesse team because of the because of the way Williams and and uh uh Brown uh, not Brown uh, uh the, way, the way we run the ball with Williams um that's fine uh, and and the and the offensive line and the blocking and the and the you know when you say when you think of a finesse offense it's because your wide receivers don't want to block um you know and and uh, our our guys do but they don't make catches uh, in traffic and, uh, and they get down after they catch it. Our guys don't do that. There is one guy on our team that has been very disappointing with catching in the past couple. Of weeks. And I know we don't want to point it out because we're sunshine and roses after forty-five to ten. But I think we do all need to admit that I, did, I think Martavis had a good game last game, didn't he? I don't. Did he, did he drop I, the pass? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he you're going to pick on Bryant? Yeah, I'm going to pick on Bryant. Why? Yeah, because the one thing that stood out on tape when I watched this thing for the second time was. It was funny. Okay, so in the moment, it was funny to watch Bryant drop the two touchdown passes. It was like, damn, Bryant, like, are you kidding me? Like, that was such an easy throw because they were both late. Well, I think one was early, but one was late. The one that was – the one that he absolutely should have caught that was just stupid that he didn't catch it, the one that Ben, like, was just smiling about and he had his you know, head, hands over his face um, because Bryant didn't catch it. You know, that was – the game was already 35 to 10 at that point. So, fine. Uh-huh. Is that the one that was kind of like behind him a little bit, and he had a le- and he put two hands on he it. He had two hands on it. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a li- yeah. It was. A it little was a sp- tough catch though. Was- okay. I mean, it wasn't like at his chest. He, he sure. was reaching back for it as he was getting hit. He did get two hands on it. It was and and they said Ben threw it like you know a bullet, right? Here's what else. No, 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 no he's a professional receiver. That's, that's he should the, be able to catch it. That's the other one. No, you're thinking about the first one. That's the first one, right? I agree. Ben threw that ball too hard, but. If Darius Hayward Bay doesn't catch that ball, we're all going, eh, whatever, it's here. You know, Martavis Bryant, he's at a level now where I look, expect him to catch I expect him to catch those balls. And those are the kind of balls we're going to have to – we I can't know. make those kind of mistakes down the stretch. Because, yes, it's all coming easy to us now. We're throwing up 30 on everybody. Um, but as we get into January and it gets a little colder out there and the game's, you know, the game gets a little faster and we're facing only the who's who of everybody um, – Bryant's got to a Bryant's got to start coming down with more of these fifty fifty balls, and I'm not going to pick on him for the past two weeks here. I, I'm just going to say that I, he needs to come down with more of when it's fifty fifty him in the corner, him in the corner. He's six four. He should be able to out jump these guys and come down with it. Um, he did that, and he did that against Indy. The one he had, he picked off the guy's head and then was able to juke him and keep running, and he got tackled by the safety. I thought it was an unbelievably good play. And I want to see more out of that. But that one at the end, it was thirty five to forty two, and he. He gets two hands on it. You gotta catch that touchdown. If this game wasn't thirty-five to ten, it was like thirty-five to thirty-one, and he drops that ball. We're all killing Bryant today for dropping that pass. So, um, no, I'm not, not look, and I'm not say, sitting here saying that Bryant's not a good player and that he's you know he's he's been disappointing or whatever. Look, he had four catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. He had that the long touchdown run that he had where he just, I mean, Chris Collinsworth said it the best during the game. The man is a freak athlete. 
absolute freak. 6'4", and can outrun. He might be the fastest player on the field. Might be the fastest player on the field. Okay, but that, but that, okay, so that's how I, why I don't understand the big criticism of him. It wasn't like he came on the team and he was like, holy cow, how did he make that catch? I can't believe he caught that ball. He's not a Beckham, right? He's not uh, a Brandon Marshall. He's a, he's a guy that, uh, gets separation on you when you're in stride with him 20 yards down the field and all of a sudden he just turns it on and he's five yards past you or three yards past you and you don't even know what happened. That's how he came on the scene in the Houston game uh, last season um, in, a, in a pass or two pass plays, actually, one that was incomplete and then a second one that went for a touchdown uh, in the Houston game where he just gets separation. That is his – that's his hallmark. That's his milestone. That's his – that's his – um that's his trademark. So, you know, the idea that, oh, I have to be able to throw a ball anywhere near him and he's got the, these great hands, that's not – why he got his starting job. I agree he needs to work on that. Yeah, that needs to be the next step he, he takes, needs to though. get better at. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. well, the 50-50 ball, I think, is going to be his next thing because he di- he demonstrated that in the play you just talked about. Yeah. Well, this offense has scored uh, more than 30 points in the last four games. So if we need to start a list of improvements for the offense, okay, that could be one of them. That is, that is, this, yes, that is know, one. Yes. Fight for the ball. Put that one down. Cal- That's the one you're supposed to catch. Well, one, Cal- one improvement Cal- that the offense – did get we talked about earlier is the Wheaton factor. Yeah. Um, the Wheaton factor adds a. I mean that that is the twist you didn't expect. Uh, I, I was not counting on having um, you know a guy that that now you look at it and you go my God th- now that dude is making the catches you wish Bryant could make. He's actually making tougher catches. Bryant has got his talents. We just talked about them. Um, and when you know so if you're gonna have you're gonna have Wheaton in there uh, doing a number on these guys. That's that's the twist you weren't looking for, and that is, I think that's that's why um, with a little bit of a drop off to to Williams, I, I no no knock against Williams, but Bell is another uh, you know I think he's a he's a freak athlete in terms of the way the man runs the football. There's just there's nobody else like him in the league, um, and I think that's why you're not seeing this this offense do anything but keep going up because uh, now Wheaton's part of the mix. And he's a serious part of the mix. Oh, and, and you, know, the other, you know the other guy we didn't talk about yet is uh, is Heath Miller, Heath Miller Jr. Everyone was uh, in fact, I think the fans didn't realize that Heath wasn't playing because they were all chanting Heath on his first catch. But you know Jesse James, all of a sudden, hey now that was an, again another not a one week wonder. He made some yeah. big plays early, and then he had you know there was one late where Ben just missed him, but uh, he was open. Here's the thing: they have so many guys now, like just like Jesse James. And Marcus Wheaton coming in. It's, it's almost like, you know what guys? Just do what you do. Do what, do what, uh, what you're best at. Ben will get you the ball and Ben will have confidence in you. If you just, if you catch it, you get open, you catch it. And, uh, we'll have so many weapons. I mean, even on the two point conversion, when, um, they tried that, that same two point conversion they were successful with a couple weeks ago where, uh, Brown was in motion mm-hmm. and he stopped and then he started again real fast to the right side and Ben looked for him. But he was covered. So then Ben had to hold the ball, hold the ball. And who do you find in the back of the end zone? The fullback, I believe. I think it was, was it Knicks? Uh, I think it was, I think it was Will Johnson again, but. Will yeah. Johnson, yeah. I mean, so yeah, your fullback that I'm sure is like the fifth read on the play, but he still catches the ball when you throw it to him, so. You know who I was really, you know what I was really sad for on that play? Was, uh, uh, Matt Spade. Cause if you watch that play again, Matt Spath, when Ben starts rolling, Matt Spath is wide, 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 wide open. 
And, he, and he's, he's calling for the ball. He's like, oh, I'm open, throw me the ball. And <laughs> Does Ben not see him or does Ben bypass ben, I, think ben, I think Ben saw him a little bit of a bypass and, and he threw it to Will Johnson in the back of the end zone. I felt kind of bad. I, and uh, going back to the Heath, I think that the fans, I think they should just, every time the tight end catches the ball, I think they should just yell Heath. We were, we were, uh, we were at a we bar were. and we were, ch- we were chanting Heath every time Jesse James got a ball yeah. just to annoy the people around us. Yeah, that's right. He's good, Actually, though, man. He's good. He needs a, he needs his own nickname, man, because he's highway robbery out there, isn't he? <laughs> you know, there's that movie, The Assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and I always say the assassination of you know whoever we're playing by the tight end Jesse James. Too long a nickname, and it's like takes too long. Like you have to think of who they're playing, and then you have to... anyway. He's good though. He's he's been. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to be out. I guess he's you know he still got that rib injury. Um, so it, it could be possible he's going to miss another week. But what school did Jesse James go to again? Penn State. That's good. Yeah. All right, it's about that time. Uh, I guess this is not Fantasy Island this week because we won. But Mike, it is time to enter into the playoff vortex of uh, scenarios here. Have you had a chance? ESPN put up the uh, the playoff machine. I don't know if you had a chance to play with it. I have not played with it yet. But if you're wondering what happened to my Monday night, that's that's what happened to there it. There you go. Well, I, I want to hear from you then, but I just want to say this, though. You guys pointed it out that, I mean, we might have the best offense in the league. We're, you know, if we don't turn the ball over, you know, Tony said we, we don't lose another game. Um, this is a problem. If, if we do lose one game down the stretch, there's a chance we don't make the playoffs. There's a chance we're the best team, best offense, or maybe not best team, but best offense, and we can't even get to the dance. It's that possible, me. and it's... It- you know, it is it is kind of the kind of it's the kind of season the Steelers have had, which is that we almost like right when you thought, just when you thought we're gonna like, oh, we're gonna turn the corner, this is gonna be it. We just had another, you know, it just got taken away from us again. Just, you know, we're kind of Charlie. Br- the Steelers are kind of Steelers fans are kind of Charlie Brown, and injuries are Lucy, right? And every time we try to, we just think we're gonna, oh, they just pull it away. And so it would make sense. I mean, in the theme, if like if if the Steelers season were a TV show, right, and it had a thematic beginning, middle, and end, right? The thematic beginning, middle, and end is it just gets taken away right before you think you have it, uh, and so missing the playoffs would be the perfect ending well, to that. Idea. Yeah, you said it. I mean, if the Steelers' uniforms, they're the right color, but just had that Charlie Brown pattern to them, <laughs> then, of course, we are going to be a great team and miss the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I mean, what can you do? I mean, you're going you're gonna to go, you're, you're miss the playoffs, and you're going to look back at those games, you're going to look back at, oh, we had to play the Patriots in week one. That's awesome. And then Scobie missed those two kicks. And then, you know, Landry has to play against the Chiefs, and he throws two interceptions. And then Le'Veon blows his knee up the very next week when Ben's coming back, and the game plan was to just run the ball. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 the debacle that was Seattle. Like, and if you have any of those games back, it just takes one. It just takes one of those back, and we're in. That's what you're looking at. It's going to suck. But I'm here to tell you, as a person who spent all of last night trying to figure out every, and I wasn't trying to figure out how the Steelers got in. I wanted to see every way the Steelers got out. So I'm not going to tell you how the Steelers get in. I want to tell you how the Steelers stay out. Steelers stay out if they lose two games, obviously. Go nine and seven. <laughs> tiebreaker, <laughs> tiebreakers are not with us. Uh, we win like zero nine and seven tiebreakers. So forget about losing two games. We lose to Cincinnati and then we lose to Denver. Just, just enjoy January as a, as an NFL fan of football. Cheer for not the Patriots, not the Bengals. Okay. Say that again, please. Say that one again. If we're nine and seven, yeah, we can't get in. Cannot. I mean, there's like no way, it's or we like, need the Jets to lose like three. Yeah, it's like basically impossible because the Jets and Bills play each other. 
the Chiefs have the easiest schedule of all time. Like, the, just, the Chiefs are in, so you're fighting for six. Um, and you don't win any tiebreakers that include us being tied with Indy and the Jets and Baltimore or Houston and the Jets and Baltimore or Buffalo. Like, uh, you would need us to be – it's just – it's like you would need us to be the only 9-7 team or only tied – or Houston wins the division at 9-7 and seven and we're tied with Indy and we win that tiebreaker. That's like the only way. It's almost impossible. The Jets would have to implode and win – go 2-2 two and two, and then the Buffalo's only win can be over the Jets means they would need uh, – yeah, I mean it's just – anyway. The 9-7 and seven thing, I worked, it worked it out last night. It's like the only way we get in is if we're tied with Indy. It doesn't work. So that's just off the table. Now we go to 10-6. and six. If the Steelers go 10-6, and we they lose one game, and it can be any game. doesn't matter which game. Um, we're in so long as the 10-6 and six teams are us and the Jets, and then it doesn't matter if it's Indy. And he's fine. Um, if it's us and the Jets and Indy, we're in. We win the common game thing with the Jets. Pretty cool. If it's us... If we're ten and six, and it's us, the Jets, and Buffalo, if somehow Buffalo goes ten and six, and by the way, that schedule—if you play out the schedule thing—it's insane because the Jets, the Jets beat uh, New England, but then lose to Buffalo. Stupid. Uh, that's the only way that everyone works out to ten and six like that. We're out. Buffalo's in. Okay. So that you don't want that to happen. You don't want Buffalo to go ten and six, which would mean they win out. By the way, when you say we tie with Indy, that assumes that someone else wins the AFC South, and we're going for a wild card against Indy. Correct. Let's say Houston wins out and Indy wins out. But it's Houston wins out and Indy wins out. To go to 10-6. and six. Which, actually, I don't think that's possible. I think Houston and Indy play each other. They play each other. So, I'm double-checking that right now. But I think when I went through the scenarios, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, Houston and Indy play each other, so they can't. They both can't go 10-6. and six. So, if it's us and the Jets at 10-6, and six, then we're in. And there's almost no other teams that can go 10-6. and six. Oakland already has seven losses. Buffalo has six. Houston and Indy both have six, but they play each other. So 10-6 and six gets us in as long as the Jets lose. And I have great news for everyone. You're all Patriot fans from here on out because they play the Jets in New York. And we really need them to win that game. And they really need to win that game to get a bye week. So, awesome. Um, so 10-6, and six, we can lose any game we're in. 11-5, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, 11, yeah, obviously 11-5. and five, We get in, but it's very hard for us to get the five seed because Kansas City's schedule is so easy from here on out. They have to lose another game. For us to get the five, but we're in at the six, no matter what, at eleven and five. Who does San, who does Kansas City play? Kansas City. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we are not in at eleven and five. If the Jets win out, if the Jets win out, they're in. If the I'm sorry, that's not true. If the Jets win out and we win out, we still win. We're in because of strength of schedule. I mean, because of common games. Sorry. We beat the Jets. We're in if we win out. We win out. We have common games on them. Over. We lose one. They lose to the Patriots. Uh, we're in on common games. Uh, and then all the nine to seven shit doesn't matter. <laughs> but that also assumes that Kansas City wins out. That assumes that Kansas like if, City wins if Kansas City out. loses a game and we go eleven and five, and the Jets go eleven and five, you know, right. then we got Kansas City beat, right? Uh, if we go eleven and five, Kansas City goes eleven and five, the Jets go eleven and five. No, I'm in. saying, oh, go ahead. Go well, ahead. if it's if it's all, if everyone's eleven and five, the Jets win out, we win out, Kansas City wins out, we get it. Kansas okay. City gets it. And is that the same if if all three are ten and six? Uh, let me check. It's two problem. If we're all ten and six, which would mean we lost to let's say Denver. Actually, let's say we lose to Cincy. That's a road game. Cincy Jets lose to New England. 
crash on. Of course, this thing always crashes on. We're in. Ten and six. Everyone ten and six. We're in. And then, uh, and then if Kansas City is eleven and five, and we're ten and six with the Jets, we're in. We beat them by common games. Common then. games. So how do, how are we losing to the Jets right now? We just don't have enough common games. We don't have the common games. I think because they lost to. Maybe because maybe we have all the common games. We have time to play enough common games. Yeah, like well, there's a team that we're gonna beat that's gonna help us that we anticipate beating probably. Raiders. Well, it's uh, Raiders. Yeah, Ra- it's Raiders. Um, they played the Patriots. We played the Patriots. They played the Colts. We played the Colts. They played the, so, Colts, we played the Browns. I don't Joe's know. asking for. Can you read the, Kansas City schedule? Joe is asking for. Oh, I got yeah. it right here because I don't need. Yeah. Let's see what you got, schedule is just, it's Cupcake so, Central. Here's what they got. They have the Chargers, a division game. They can lose the Chargers game. have nothing left to play for except mm-hmm. to play spoiler. They are plenty good enough to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs have an absolute milk toast assortment of, of lackluster talent on their team. Sufficient enough to lose to the, to a, to a motivated Chargers team. Are you kidding me? Okay, so that's right out of the box. December thirteenth, the Chiefs may be may have another one for the loss column. Okay, <laughs> I hope you're then right. they go then they go to Baltimore. Okay, now look, uh, the the you know I'm not going to say oh wow Baltimore, but the Chiefs are going to be on the road. They got to go to Baltimore. They're not. I, I mean, that Baltimore is the kind of game they win because Baltimore's got nothing going on. Um, but. We'll see. You know, I mean, every now and again you get the bugaboo, the fumble bugaboo, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, turnover bugaboo. They would have to get but, lucky to win that game. Though. Okay, they got the Browns at home. Okay, that, you know, I don't know what. They should just cancel that game. You know, they have flex games. They should have games. Go, okay, we're not going to play that game. That was so, stupid. Yeah. They just can't, that game is canceled. They have flex, flex game, cancel game. Okay, there you go. Uh, and then, uh, then they have the Raiders. Same, and you can say the exact same thing about the Raiders as you can say about the Chargers. Another hated division rival. For the for the closer of the season uh, to play spoiler, dude. The the Chiefs those, those two games, the Chargers and the Raiders. If the Chiefs go one and one in that, it it's good. Yeah, I want to believe that, but I I I, I want to believe in the Chargers and the Raiders. The problem for those games is that those are both home games for Kansas City, and they already waxed both teams just weeks ago. Like they just played they just played the Raiders. They they killed them thirty four to twenty. They played the Chargers two weeks earlier. They killed them, thirty-three to three. I want to believe in the key, the Chiefs falling apart. I want to believe that down the stretch. The problem is, they just they're, those teams, the teams that we're hoping in, they just suck. The Chargers, they're a three-win team. The Ravens are a three-win team. The Browns are a two-win team, and the Raiders just fell apart down the stretch. I, I, I I'm, I'm with you guys on the on the Chiefs can lose. I believe in that, but I just if it were anyone else, if they had to play anyone else down the stretch, I'd believe it. Their schedule is just so cupcake. The Jets' schedule, on the other hand, see the Jets having to lose a game. Like even if they beat the Patriots, they don't have a very easy schedule. They have the Titans, but Mariota with the, it's, that team, the Titans team is interesting because with Mariota, they're a very different team than they were without him, and their their records kind of wonky um, because of how many games they had to play without Mariota. Um, and then they have to, they have at the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys have no Romo. I get that, but um, that's a Thursday game, and it's in Dallas. Weird things happen on Thursday football. Then they have the Patriots, and they have at Bills. And Bills are probably just playing spoiler at that point. So, uh, we can totally lose, guys. Let, listen, don't even worry about this weekend. We can totally lose. We're fine. We can lose. We said that about Seattle already, though. I know, but again, we can still lose. It's What's great is 
even with having lost to Seattle, we can still lose again. The thing is, um, you're right, this playoff machine is just so awesome. I wish I invented this thing. I can't believe that it can handle the tiebreakers. I think it just throws these helmets up there without... Without thinking. No, it's great. You, you click the tiebreaker and it'll tell you why. It tells you why, yeah. I mean, there was, I just did one with, uh, Pittsburgh getting beat out by Indianapolis at nine and seven. So there must have been a third team involved there. Yeah, you need yeah. to get rid of the third team. Well, you, the problem yeah. is you can't, you can't, you can't because, uh. There's so many teams Buffalo, that are. Gonna oh, be, I guess if the Jets were yeah. to lose every game except the Bills game. But this is, this is the thing. It, I, it, like you said, I think if we go ten and six, there's a good chance we get in. So let's just keep winning. Save that loss for later if we need it. All right, so the Jets have the Titans at home, Cowboys on the road, Patriots at home, Bills on the road. Okay, that if they go two and two out of those, yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're most likely. I look at that, I go Jets one and three. They could lose all four. They're probably going to beat the Titans. They're probably going to lose the other three. Okay, Uh, I may be off on the other three, but that means they'll probably lose the Titans. But uh, best they're going to do is two and two in that. Who are you, the Jets? The Jets. That puts yeah, them in. I mean, that, that win they had this week against the Giants, by the way, I don't know if you guys got to see much of that game. Yeah, I've seen it. It pissed joke. me off the whole time I was joke watching game. it. Yeah, joke game. Uh, the Giants just keep finding ways to lose. I, they, they, said, they said the Giants would be 10-2 and two if they didn't have to play, like, the last minute and a half of every game. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. They've been that bad down the stretch. Well, and the, I heard that the, all of the uh, Ravens' wins came on the last play of the game. Their wins or their, their uh, wins. games? No, their wins. That's oh, how right. bad. Oh, you're they're right. Are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Their 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 yeah. wins have all come in the last last play of the game. Yeah, they, a lot of their losses out. came on the last play too. Right. Like well, the Jacksonville thing, loss. If you've only won three times and all three times came on the last play of the game, okay, that's pretty bad. And then if you if you really know some of the inside info. And you understand that we got a guy that should have made uh, two easily made field goals that, um, you know, if you were doing tryouts, 90% of the guys would have made them. Uh, then you go, holy crap, you know, what's going on over there? That's a pretty bad team. Have you guys heard this stat about Matt Schaub, by the way? Speaking of the Ravens, uh, he's thrown a pick six in his last three games. Consecutive games. Consecutive. The last three games he's played, uh, he's thrown three. In fact, in his last nine starts. Isn't that what he was doing in Texas? That's why they got rid of him in Texas. Yeah. No, listen to this stat. This is insane. In his last nine starts, he's thrown four touchdowns. He's thrown six pick sixes. He's thrown more pick sixes than touchdowns in his last nine starts. That's six picks. Would you say six? Six. Six Six out of nine games. Yeah. Well, they all are trying. Ten of them. Six, yeah. Uh, so he's thrown four, four passing offensive touchdowns and six you know, look, sixes. Tony, this is what this is probably the most exciting quarterback in the league to watch. He probably definitely is. You, when he's on the field, you know there's going to be a touchdown scored, and it's a 40-60 shot. Which team's going to score it? It's amazing how. So I'm looking at I'm looking down the the standings right now. It's amazing how many mediocre teams are on the NFL. And I know we've been saying it all year, but just looking down, like now here we are. Like we're I'm staring, we're staring eight and eight at every single team. You know, Mike, you you do that thing every year where you send the the spreadsheet out, and everyone's eight and eight at the beginning. You have to adjust everyone. I mean, this is a year where like everyone's going to be eight and eight. There's just so many, like seven and five, six and six, six and six, seven and five, seven and five, five and seven, five and seven, five and seven. 
No. There's Not a lot either. of mediocre teams. A lot of mediocre teams. And then you look at what happened to, like, okay, so Tampa all of a sudden has won, like, a billion games in a row. They're five, they're, they've won five of their last six, I think, to bring them up to uh, six and six. The the Falcons have lost five in a row to bring them from they were can you imagine being a Falcons fan right now by the way they were six and six and one they were six and one and the Bucks were what like two and five at that point yeah and now they're both six and six and now they're both six and six. that's crazy I I think the best was last night though I mean here you are the three and eight Cowboys. You've lost your quarterback. You've lost seven games without your starting quarterback, whatever it was. Yeah. You're three and eight. You find, somehow find a way to win last night, and you're one game out of first place. Three and eight, and now, and now you're four and eight, and you're one game out of first place of the division. It's unbelievable. You know, and that team, man, they're good. Like, the thing about – they are just missing a quarterback. That's it. That team is good. Like, you know, running game-wise, you know, they, they turn it on and off. But, like, they have the receivers. They have a good defense. They have a really good defense. You, uh, you you can't overcome losing a good quarterback in this league. You just can't overcome it and make a run. However, you can be a media, You can be a good team with a mediocre quarterback if you know that going into the start of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. now, And maybe you can get hot and make a run like a couple of teams have with, between the Bucks and the Ravens in the past. hasn't happened in a while. But I just – the more I think about it, if you're – if your star quarterback goes down, and there's only 10 to 15 of them that even have a chance, if they go down, you're done. Yeah, I think it. I, I think that's over. I think the the years of the you know the 85 Bears, the, um, Trent the Giants with uh, with Phil Sims and Hostetler, um, who, and then the Ravens that you just mentioned, uh, and the Bucks, um, and even the Steelers of the 90s. Um, all these old-fashioned offenses without a quarterback, just you know, pound the ball, play good defense. Um, there are there that Oops, doesn't sorry. exist anymore. No, it really it doesn't. You can't I don't and I don't think it's ever going to exist. Well, again. you know who you know who it exists with, and this is not a knock on Cam Newton, but they're the closest. I know. I was just going to say that, but it's not true. That that's what yeah. you would think of Cam last season, but this season, even though he's not lighting it up passing, I mean, he is he's doing everything. Yeah, he's he carrying is. the team on when his back. you watch him, he's a factor in every game that they win. He is definitely a factor. He's. It's not like oh, you could just pull him out of there and put somebody else in, right? And you know, and uh, no, no drop off. But but if you, I mean, and I know, and Joe, I apologize. I'm going to say this though, and I know you hate it, but statistically speaking, they are the number three rushing team, the number twenty seven passing team. So. And I get that that does not mean that Cam Newton is a bad quarterback. Like, this is the same kind of thing people used to say about Ben. Like, if he throws too much, you can't win. Um, yeah. But, you know, statistically, they play that way, right? They run the ball more than they throw. But the other thing about the rushing statistic is, I mean, what percentage of that is from Cam Newton himself? And what percentage of that is because they already blew a team out and they're just running now? Which is what, yeah. which is what usually happens to a team like this who are, you know, 12-0. and 0. I'm looking for another team, though, that – has a mediocre quarterback that has a good team, but there really isn't one. The Jets. It's the Jets. And it doesn't yeah, make any sense. They're not going to make a run to the Super Bowl, though. Oh, no, no. No team with a bad quarterbacks making it to the Super Bowl. Oh. I'm looking for a team that could. I mean, the Vikings, but I wouldn't say he's bad. He's just an experience, you know. Teddy Bridgewater, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alex Smith. is. I guess Alex Smith. You believe in the Chiefs run. Oh, my they, gosh. They were 2-5. and five. We started that That would run. be a boring Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Regardless, of, that's a one-star one matchup, match. no matter who else in it, right? <laughs> well, you know, if you, you play the Chiefs, you're a one-star matchup. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's the doomsday scenario. There's always the doomsday scenario at the start of the at the start of the playoffs that you come up with, which is like, what is the worst possible Super? There's really two in your mind, right? There's one of your most hated teams, and there's another of just like the worst possible team. Okay, so who who are the who are the teams in the league? Name the teams in the league without looking at anything. Mm-hmm. You guys don't even know what I'm asking about. Name the teams in the league that you would say um, in uh, would be would be the quality teams in the league. You know, all the way through this season, who are they? Like that actually have a shot at the Super Bowl, like that? No, that are that are. If you beat this team, then you're you're good. Then you're good. Oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a quality yeah, like a, win. It's a quality like, win. It's, it's like a proof, you know, it's evidence that you, you can, you can make a run in the playoffs. There's only like seven of those teams. Probably New England, yeah. Cincinnati, and... Denver. New England, Cincinnati, Denver. Denver. Arizona. AFC. I oh, throw the Raiders in there. Raiders. I kind of like the Raiders. Okay. Yeah, but not now. Yeah, I know. They kind of... Well, throughout the season. It's throughout the season, right. That's why I won't throw Seattle in this, because when Seattle was losing, they weren't good. Yeah. Um, right. But I'd throw them in. When did, yeah, they didn't start winning. Seattle, the Cardinals... The Cardinals Panthers, the Panthers, but they, no one beat the Panthers. So you can't the Vikings, the Packers. Vikings, Packers. Well, I don't know if I throw the Packers in there. Yeah, but the Packers were good. Were, were they, though? See, that's the thing. Because, like, Atlanta, when, when Atlanta was 6-1, and one, are you counting that as, like, that was a good win? Okay, now, anybody knowing else? Knowing what we know now. Uh, Come on, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to make a point here. Yeah, let's get to your point. Who are we missing? Uh, did you make anybody? Anybody else? Steelers? How about the Steelers? Steelers? All right, put the Steelers in there. Anybody else? All right. All the teams you just named? You're gonna say Jacksonville? Go ahead. All the teams you just named out of the out of the twelve Carolina Panther wins, two of those teams are on there. One of them is the Seahawks when the Seahawks were bad on October eighteenth, um, and they won by four. Uh and one of them was the Packers on November eighth when that was the beginning of the Packers slide. Um and the Packers put up twenty nine on them anyway. You saying uh, they played no one? So, no, well, okay, so that's the thing now. So here's the, here's what I was driving at. Can the team, so, cause uh, when, when Tony was telling, was saying, okay, you're gonna be mad at me cause I'm gonna do stats and this is the number four and the number 27, you know, passing game and it's like, okay, that's what I know what this league is all about. Um, so can you impose your will on another team? So I wanted to see, could they impose their will on a high powered, oh, and they did. They did it to, they did it to the Packers. But the, but everybody's doing it to the Packers. So I don't know if that's real evidence or not. Um, they also uh, did it to the Seahawks, but I don't. I don't believe like you. I don't believe in that. Then that's not a super high powered offense, but it's a good team. Um, and it, but not it hasn't always been a good team for right. this season. Not this season. Um, so so my, so the the question you have to ask yourself is when that team gets into the playoffs. Okay, they're going to run into who in the NFC? They're going to run into the Cardinals. That's the first one I think of. Mm-hmm. Who else in that league? Who else in that league is the, what's the creme de la creme in that league in the NFC? The, uh, it's the Cardinals to me and the, and the Panthers. Those are the two I think of right away. I have one more. But... I'll just say it. Come on. What do you guys surprise team? I, I think it's Seattle. I think Seattle. I think oh, it's, oh, Seattle. I okay. No, that's good. Yeah. Playing? I'm with I you on it. that. I'm not going to argue with that. I said I had to I had eat my, I had to eat my, so the Cardinals, the Seahawks. I, I mean, I would say the Packers, if they could turn it around. Yeah, not yeah, it doesn't seem like the Packers. Whatever's going on, yeah, whatever's going I, on with I would the Packers, say that, that that funk doesn't seem. to And be I would good. say the Giants, if they can get on track, I mean, they I have just, they have receivers. 
choked up. They the have. Yeah, not the Giants. <laughs> they they give on. up too many. They give up too much defense. Though, too much. They passing. are. They are just. Too Jekyll and Hyde, man. I mean, yeah, they might win a game, but yeah, okay. So I'll give you that. I think it's a three. No, I think I think it's like a I think it's a three horse race round and get shocked out of the out of the playoffs by them. But so I, the one the What's one that I don't know that the Panthers could could hold on against is the Cardinals because they play good defense and they have a and they have a good offense and that might be too much for the Panthers. But the point the the nice thing about the Panthers though is you get they get those games at home. They don't have if they had, if that's an East Coast team going west to Arizona. Or west uh, to Seattle, you know? Then yeah, I agree. That's a big, that's a tough matchup. But that's a West Coast team coming East. Yeah. Uh, so who else from that league? There's really nobody else know. from that league. It might be a free. I mean, that's not gonna be a who's, free. Who's coming out of the East? Is it gonna uh, be the the Redskins? Well, why not? Look at look at the look at the win losing streaks in that in that. The Redskins just lost to the Cowboys. The Giants have lost three straight, and the team that's actually looking the best right now. Is the team not, that just beat New England. Not the Eagles. It's, Come on. It is the Eagles. And I sent you guys a text while I was watching that game, and I stand by it. I think the Eagles are one of the five worst teams in football. I do still think that. But if we're just looking at it right and now. And you think they're going to – what do you think? Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. it was a fluke that they beat the Patriots, kind of. I mean, with three special teams or – They really tried They really tried to give it away at the end. They really. Hey, look, if they're one of really the five did. worst teams in football, then that's one. That leaves four more. There's three in their division. You're claiming <laughs> that they're better than those three. So the – Four of the five worst teams in football are in the NFC East. I think the Giants are coming out of that. I just think that they have too too much talent that that they're going to put it together. They probably only need to win two more games and go seven and nine to. to you win just it. dissed like eighty million fans. You know how many people uh, live in the, the problem for area. The, problem for the Giants well, is their their schedule is too tough. Wait, who did, have I dissed people? No, Tony did. Oh. He just said four out of the five worst teams in the league are in the NFC. East. Well, I mean, I don't mean that. I mean, I don't mean that. I don't mean that the Eagles are really. You winning. just said you stand by it. I know, but I know. Oh, I do think the Eagles are terrible. Look, I'm watching that game. They're terrible. They're a terrible football team. <laughs> I thought they gave up on the season. I'm. Well, I can't they, they, believe they are terrible. terrible. You box yourself in when you say you're better. Than, you think they're better than the other teams in the East. I don't think they. Are. I think it's. I think it's between the Cowboys and the Redskins. Yeah, I don't. I think you're right. I think it's between the Redskins and the Cowboys too. I mean, the Redskins are a solid team. They just, I mean, their quarterback play is, it's good sometimes. The problem is, I think the Redskins are going to lose this week. I think they're going to lose to the, but they go at Chicago. I think they're going to lose that game. Yeah. And, and you look but, at the Giants' schedule. The Giants' schedule is insanely tough. They have, they have at the Dolphins. Okay, that's a winnable game. Then they have the Panthers and the Vikings back to back. They could win one of those games if they, if they, they have to win one of those games. They might be the team to beat the, the, uh, the Panthers. Panthers. That's the only one left. Is it in New York? No, it's in Carolina. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry, it is in New York. And that's the kind of game Eli wins. Yeah, he likes he likes slaying giant dragons. I mean, I actually thought the Saints and Drew Brees was were going to beat the uh, Panthers going into oh, the it, game. It, yeah, no, it, well, it certainly looked like it during the game. Yeah, yeah, that was a great two point conversion or two point. Uh, I take that back. It was a great blocked extra point for a two point conversion going the other way. Oh, it was such a huge play. It's a three-point swing, man. That's I like that play. <laughs> it's a, it's all first time in NFL history. I mean, it's, you know, they just actually they just do that rule, but still, first time in NFL history. It's such a great play. You only get two points for it. It's almost like a safety. A safety is such a, uh, a rare occasion of a play, but you only get two points. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. but you get the ball back. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country um, this week. Hey, oh, 
Hey, oh, we got oh, 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 oh. to do squirrel predictions. You missed but, Mike's oh. favorite part. Oh, I'm sorry. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. I know. We missed it a couple times, but I do have something else. And so um, I'm just going to lead into it with this. So if you're ready, this is a, you know, we're going back technical. Yeah, technical difficulties. Here we go. Not technical difficulties, but here we go. Wait. Uh, see, I'm not ready. Okay, now I'm ready. Did you hear it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could hear it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So we're we gonna to talk about that? Oh, of course. But we should we should have led with that because again, that was one of the uh, the best plays of the game, and it, and it happened. Uh, it wasn't even a play. It was uh, it was an extracurricular. I mean, that's what I said with Antonio Brown. I said it today in a text that um, him returning punts, you know, we don't have to worry about him getting, you know, hit, blindsided, or tackled. We just have to worry about if he gets a clear path to the end zone, and when he gets in the end zone, what's he going to do? That's what we have to. That's when we have to worry about him getting injured. Yeah, is he going to like try to? Uh, what do they call that? Pole vault the the crossbar. <laughs> you know, he's such what? a he's such an insanely good athlete. It's yeah, a, it's. Don't give him the idea, Joe. <laughs> yeah, high. I, I guess I should have said high jump, right? That's the high jump. Yeah, he, he might actually do like a couple of you know the running uh, uh, cartwheel flips and and catch it and try to get over the goalpost. Or he, he makes scoring up. touchdowns so easy, look so easy that the most impressive part of him scoring a touchdown is his celebration. That's how yeah. that's how insanely good he is. He needs a challenge. He's like, yeah, that wasn't a challenge. Let me show you what a challenge is. Well, the most entertaining thing was it was bizarre seeing him run into the goalpost like that. But then, <laughs> then he grabbed the girl that was back there. She didn't know what the hell was going on. She's doing her job. She doesn't get to watch the game. Everybody's going nuts, so she knows something big just happened. I don't know if she can see the, the Jumbotron from there. I forget which end zone that was. That was. Um, so, and then all of a sudden, he's like grabbing her arm, and she's like, "What the heck's going on here?" So that, that was actually the most entertaining part of the whole thing. So he he actually really thought that he could jump up there and grab, like, hug the goalpost and stick to it and just stick to it, which would have been cool, right? He would yeah, like yeah. It would've, like I think someone said, uh, I think maybe Greenberg said, like David Letterman when he was had Velcro on, he jumped up on the wall and stuck to it, so like something like that. Yeah, yeah, he did and, But Antonio Brown, and they pointed this out too, is that he still had the ball in his hand, number one. So I don't know how you're going to grab around it. And two, he didn't factor in that the security guard was on the other side, so when he went to grab around the pole, she was kind of in the way. Yeah, he didn't even and, know she was there, I don't think. Yeah, and then the third thing was even if he did, didn't have the ball and she wasn't there and he grabbed and hugged it, he's probably still sliding down the pole. <laughs> so that was his thing. He wanted to stick to it. He wanted he to stick. Because, I think he didn't because when he went to grab on, she was there, and and then he was like, "Oh, I can't," you know. Gotta, I don't know. Gotta, gotta let go. It's one of the weirdest celebrations in football history. <laughs> do you think he ever practiced that before? No. Or do you think he ever thought about it before? No. No. That's definitely. He, he said it. He said it in his post game press conference. That was just a spur of the moment. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get it. And what do, what do you think Tomlin said to him about it? Tomlin always has something funny about. It. I don't know what. Did okay. you hear? Did he? That, did he say it today? Well, the night of the game, someone asked him about it, and he said, "I didn't see it." And he, and then he started getting pissed off. He was like, "But I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're just going to hear about it for the oh, next yeah. six, for the next six days." Yeah. And you, you're going <laughs> to slice side and out. <laughs> you know, he was pissed. Tomlin so. does not. Tomlin does not put up with that. 
Which he sounded frustrated that he did it again because he's got to answer questions yeah, about it. Questions about it, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure he pulls him aside and tells him not to do it, and I'm sure Antonio Brown's going to do it again, do something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's the penalty. I, I just like that. That you know, I don't know if you heard it well, but the ref, the ref said using the goalpost as a prop. Yeah, I he mean, said as a prop. Yes. Oh, he did say that. No, I didn't hear it. Yeah, that's got to be a record. I didn't. Ha- <laughs> I, I like that difficulty. So. All right. So score predictions. Let's get out of here. Let's do this thing. Who wants to go first? I, I'll go first. Can we just blow them out? Is it possible we just blow out the Bengals? You know, the only thing you're, I'm worried about here is turnovers. I, I you know, I, I let in with that, but. Um, Last time we lost a turnover battle, we turned the ball over three times. We got two turnovers. I expect that our defense is going to do well and get to get to uh, Dalton like we did last time. Last time we held this team down, held this team down, held this team down. They had uh, six points for it seemed like the longest time in this game in that last game. We just couldn't um, put up more points. A lot of that had to do with the fact that Roethlisberger was hurt and the fact that Bell went out in that game. That is not going to be the game plan this time. That is not going to be. The problem this time, scoring your points is not a problem for our offense. And until a defense can stop our, our offense, I'm not going to stop believing in it. So I'm going to throw up 30 again. I'm going to say we're going to throw up 30 again. Uh, I'm going to say this game ends something like 31-13, to 13, uh, which I think is the most popular predicted score. But this time, uh, the Steelers' offense is putting up 30, and I think you're, I think it's foolish to predict this, this team scoring less than 30, given the way the offense is playing. Go. I have to go. How come Mike doesn't have to go next? Okay, I'll go. I'll go. And so I, I, uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a high scoring, not struggle, but high scoring game, nail biter, and, uh. Ooh, high score, a high scoring nail biter? High scoring game, yeah. I think that, I think, I mean, they have a lot of weapons on that team, and, um, you we can't. We shut them down. Yeah. So anyway, I don't think we're going to score 30. I think we're going to score 29. We're going to go 29-27. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of think the opposite of that. Um, I think that the the Bengals do have a lot of talent, and they're going to come out. They're going to come out possessed. They're going to come out, you know, playing above themselves, and and shit's going to work for them early. And they're going to go out to an early lead. And you know, I may not survive that, but uh, so this is a horrible prediction for me. I'm going to take like a <laughs> tranquilizer or something, or have a. Yeah, have a drink or something before, but um, it, it all comes down to talent, like we were talking about earlier, and um, and I, and I do think that that the pressure, the constant pressure from that talent, just keeps coming, 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 coming on the offense is too much. It will be too much for the lesser talent on the other side, uh, the Bengals, um, and the and the Steelers will eventually pull away with it. Um, and so, and, and, and it just likens me. Like, if you want to keep up with this team, this is what you're talking about, Tony. You just keep scoring points. Just keep the pressure on. Mm-hmm. The pressure becomes too much. Um, if you, if you ever watched, um, the, the Super Bowl, those 30 minute Super Bowl recaps, I used to watch them all the time. Yep. Uh, when they, when, you know, ESPN was young in the eighties. Um, and, and, I, I, there's so many of them now you can't watch them. But for a while, I would watch every single one of them. There's only like 20 of them. Uh, so in the in the 1979 Steelers, the one when they when they won their fourth Super Bowl, the the um the immortal voice of John Facenda said that uh that it would take it would take uh well let me get this right you would have to play 
at a superhuman level to have any chance of winning against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and that, that is how I think of this offense. Um, you, you have to play at a superhuman level to keep up with this offense. Uh, and I think it'll be, it'll just be too much. And, and unless they beat themselves, I don't think the, I don't think the Bengals have a chance at it. So while the Bengals will come on strong, they're also, um, uh, prone to, to, to fall apart. They don't handle adversity well, unlike a Tomlin coach team that seems to, you know, they take, they take adversity in stride. Um, and so, uh, while, while the Bengals will get off to a quick 17 points, um, the Steelers will then come back and take over and the, the final score will be around 50 points. I'm going to say, I'm going to put the Steelers at 51 and the Bengals at 31 with, um, with two touchdowns of, oh, by the way, points Ooh, after wow. the game is well out of hand. Take the over in that game. Love it. Love it. That was a good John Facenda, by the way. Yeah, that was, that was very great. good. It was? Oh, I thought it was yes. terrible. <laughs> I was like, damn, I wish I didn't do that after it was working. I'm going to, I'm going to give, he is my favorite football voice of all time. There's a lot of guys. Kurt Gowdy. Oh, yeah. Um that have you ever if you've never heard Kurt Gowdy's voice calling a football game, it's like oh, that yeah. is the voice of football. Um but John Facendon, best voice ever for football. Yep. Here's the referee again. That's as loud as I can get it. Yeah, it's hard it's hard to make out because there's so much cheering in the background. Yeah. Using the goalpost as a prop. Antonio is finding new ways this year. First, the front flip that he lands. That was, what, two weeks ago, right? No, that was right before the bye week. That was like four weeks ago. He'll have another one this week. Antonio will have another touchdown. That, that's the thing about Cincinnati is, you know, how long can you keep this team down, especially with now the emergence of Wheaton, the emergence of, of Jesse James, the way D'Angelo Williams is playing. There's just so much you have to stop. It's almost – it's like – you know, like I said earlier, it becomes disappointing when this team doesn't move the ball, when it doesn't score. Um, you know, just the thing about uh, Antonio, you know, he's he's just so intense. He's so happy. He's so excited to score a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, he flips and he and he does these, you know, crashes into the into the uh, upright there. Um, but uh, he, I, it, on the converse side of that, if he thinks he's going to score a touchdown and you're in his way. Watch out because he gets violent. And I will just remind, remind everybody opening day a year ago, not this year, a year ago, Browns in, in Heinz Field, uh, when Antonio had a short touchdown and in his way was a kicker who went low and, and Antonio tried to hurdle him, but the guy didn't go low enough. He didn't go low enough and he got cleated in the face. High karate. Um, <laughs> high karate. Um, so Antonio's got a lot of a lot of um he brings a lot of excitement uh, to the team not in conventional ways unconventional ways nothing is off the table with Antonio Brown. He's the yeah, he's the best wide receiver in football by a long shot, especially since Julio Jones has basically disappeared off the face of the earth in Atlanta with that team losing five straight. And one thing we're going to uh, an exciting thing that we're going to be talking about when the season ends is he needs a new contract and he wanted one before this year and we didn't give it to him and he still has 2 years left. The Steelers don't give contract extensions unless you have one year left. So there's going to be this whole, maybe he's going to hold out. Will he, won't he? He certainly deserves far more than the, whatever, $6 million a year he gets now. Uh, so that'll be a fun conversation we can have, but we're going to have to, that'll wait till the end of the season. Far deep into the future, uh, our off-season podcast. Anyway, 
That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. The Twitter is Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. You can follow us or like us there. You'll find out when we broadcast this thing live every Tuesday night. You can follow us on uh, YouTube to search for Steeler Country. On YouTube, we do this thing live Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Uh, and remember, the Steelers playoffs and look like this. If we lose one, as long as the Jets lose one, we're in. Uh, all the other scenarios of us going 9-7, and seven, we're out. 11-5, and five, we're pretty much in as long as – or we're, we're in. 11-5, we're in. 9-7, and seven, we're out. 10-6, and six, as long as the Jets uh, lose, fine. So be that way through the end of the year. Anyway, keep that in we're mind. We're not totally you're... out of 9-7. and seven. We need a lot of help. If we lose on Sunday, then Mike and I will be back next week to tell you – about all of the possibilities of us going 9-7. and seven. But we're not going to lose, so we'll be fine. But just keep that in mind Sunday when you're watching the games. You need the Jets to lose. You'd like the Chiefs to lose. Um, and everything else will play itself out. We will see you next week.